you delightful scamps. Welcome to episode 133 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your titular Stace, the host of this um, intrepid expedition into pop culture. I shouldn't have messed with the intro. I've run out of steam on it already. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And those delightful laughs you can hear are coming from my wonderful guest co-host for the month. He is a writer of comics and audio plays and a podcaster supreme. It's PJ Montgomery. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for having me, Stace. It is a genuine pleasure to be here. Oh, Good. I, I I always hope that when people come on the show, they actually, you know, want to be here and they don't feel like I've just messaged them and gone, will you please, I haven't got another host. Can you well, help I mean, me? I did, think, I did think that's why you asked me on, but I'll take it, you know. It's... <laughs> <laughs> no, to be fair, to be fair, this was, uh, I'd intended to invite you on the show after I was on your show, but then that sort of failed miserably. So I thought I'll just, let's just invite you. You're still going to be on my show. It's fine. I hope so. Do you want to tell people a little bit about what show we're sort of hinting at, just so that yeah, they can... okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> one of my uh, one of my podcasts is called The Measure of a Fan, and it's a Star Trek podcast where myself, stand-up comedian Matt Troy, and my brother, who's also a musician, Elliot Red, we're watching all of Star Trek in chronological order and talking about it an episode at a time. My brother has never watched Star Trek before. Me and Matt are both big fans. So we just thought it would be interesting to get a newbie's opinions on it. And we like to have guests from both sides of the spectrum, both those who have watched a lot of Star Trek and those who have almost no experience with it so we invited you on i made you watch your first ever episode of star trek and then there was so many sound issues that you couldn't join <laughs> and you know what i watched the episode twice as well oh, Just... no. <laughs> <laughs> but but to be fair the reason i watched it twice is because the first time i fell asleep but that's not that's not a reflection <laughs> that's not a reflection on the episode i did actually quite enjoy it yeah that was um, a good one i've forgotten what it was called otherwise i'd tell people it was called, oh, bugger, <laughs> it was season three of Enterprise. It was season three of Enterprise, and it was the one where he got, like, brain worms that made him do a forget of everything. Yeah, and there was some time travel shenanigans, and what's it bloody called? I should know this. Big I'm old allegory for dementia. Really quite <laughs> sad. Wasn't expecting it. <laughs> <laughs> it was Twilight. Twilight. I, I would never have remembered that, because it doesn't really sort of linked to anything that really happens in the episode now that no. I think about it but it was good yeah I liked it I'm but very I sorry that I couldn't share those opinions on that. I, I have promised Stace that uh you can you you're coming back we're having you on this season for a different episode of Enterprise it will not be as good <laughs> that <laughs> well, episode very much the high point of Enterprise season three. <laughs> oh dear well when I told my husband I was going to be on this podcast the first thing he said was why you don't like star trek and i was like okay no here's the thing uh the only star trek i've seen is the jj abrams stuff and i was like it's not that i dislike it so much as uh it's fine (laughs) yeah so he was like why are you doing that and then when he found out which episode it was he was like why are they making you watch enterprise that's very mean and i was like oh no is this is this really bad and he was like um yeah here it is and enterprise is I think seen as the black sheep of the Star Trek family. I actually rate it higher than Voyager myself. I think mm-hmm. it's got Voyager's patchy throughout. Enterprise has an upward curve, in my humble opinion. But yeah, <laughs> it is because we're doing it chronologically rather than release order. It's the earliest one in the timeline, and it gets it out of the way. <laughs> I mean, that is a bonus. Yeah, a my brother bonus. hates it. He is not enjoying that we're making him do this, but he's committed now. We're two and a half seasons in, so. <laughs> 
uh, imagine if he just gives up after Enterprise. <laughs> like, no, that's it. That's all I can take. No, he, then... he wants to try the other ones uh, because he can't. He thinks they can't be any worse. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I didn't. I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't. Like, <laughs> there was a big fat reset button at the bottom at the end, which I wasn't. Yes. I'm not a big fan of the big fat reset button, but. Oh, Star um, Trek hits it all the time. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's the kind of show that would have to, really, because otherwise mm. things would be very dramatic all the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's coming from somebody who has like little to no Star Trek-related knowledge. But I am very excited about coming on at some point soon, because I, do, I always kind of like watching things that I've never seen before, mm, in yeah. the hopes that either I enjoy them and I've found a new thing to like, or indeed so that I can rib them relentlessly on things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is which is good. That's always good fun. We we've had fights with some of our guests who've been that was shit, and I've gone, oh, I quite liked it actually. <laughs> <laughs> as long as uh, as long as you can take a gentle ribbing, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I I yeah, I get it from my brother every week on the show, so yes, I can. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it'll feel more like a ganging up on then. <laughs> yeah, oh, probably. No. <laughs> sorry, sorry in advance, <laughs> but we're not going to talk about Star Trek today because. Hey, I'm dating this episode, everybody. It's the day after my birthday, right? Um, Happy birthday, Stace! Thank you very much. The Queen uh, ruined my birthday. <laughs> Look, I'm not. I'm not... Say what I was about. To... I was going to be really disparaging about her then, but. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? I don't. I don't really want to get into a big discussion about my thoughts on the Queen and the monarchy yeah. and stuff because uh, because I don't. Um, but regardless of what your opinion is positively or negatively i can categorically say that a funeral dirge is a bad mood setter for a lunch date yes. with your man yes um <laughs> which i discovered yesterday when because uh, we were originally supposed to be going out for dinner and then to a gig on the evening but both the restaurant we were going to go to and the gig decided not to <laughs> because of the funeral and we were like oh um okay so maybe we'll just go to the local for like lunch instead so we did that and uh, walked in and it was literally like church organ and i was like oh no this is this is ominous everyone um so today to cheer myself up i put on a I put on a, t- a ninja turtles t-shirt and nice. i dubbed it tmnt tuesday and i watched four turtles movies and four episodes of various turtle shows and i've had a really good day <laughs> that sounds amazing which which movies so i started well right prefacing this by saying that i have recently watched the three 90s live action ones because i had to watch the first one for a podcast because two of my friends had never seen it so um oh i don't know if i've talked about this on this podcast but i've got another podcast yet (laughs) (laughs) and it's called never seen and it is me and uh friends of the parlor jenny newman and lee grice and we just watch films that at least one of us has never seen before that we probably should have and then talk about them and it turns out that neither Jenny nor Lee had seen the 90s, the first TMNT movie. And I was utterly flabbergasted by this. I was like, well, this is this is going to be my first choice of things to make you pair watch. Uh, so, and then because I'd watched that for the for the podcast, I then watched Secret of the Use and Turtles in Time because I am a cool person who knows exactly how to do 37 years of life very correctly. <laughs> um, so today I didn't watch those ones because obviously I've seen them fairly recently. So I started with TMNT, which is the 2007 CGI movie. Oh, I quite like that one. 
do you know what? I still like it a lot. I haven't seen it for ages, and I thought, oh no, is it is it going to be bad? Mm. And I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you my thoughts. Right, is that it's still really good. I still don't much like Sarah Michelle Gellar, though. Sorry, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is going to get me murdered on the internet. I think. <laughs> yes, but, um, it is. She's not she's not very good. Um, but the thing that throws me off watching a lot of turtles content in one day the differences in voices really threw me off yes and i have to say mako as splinter might be the best splinter that there is so and and going from that to fucking so the next one i watched was the 2014 michael bay one and that's got fucking tony shaloub as splinter and it's not good (laughs) had you seen it before uh yeah i like them both the both the bay movies um i will will shut my mouth (laughs) no it's fine they're awful no, right. Okay, so here's the thing. I am very aware that, like, the majority of people think they're bad. And I can see why. I, I rate them both, like, a solid, like, three and a half stars. And it would be more if it weren't for the fact that Mikey is a full-on pervert in both of them. Yeah. I hate I hate it. And the fact that they look awful. And I don't mean that in a, like, oh, they're bad CGI way, because I'm not going to pick on anybody's CGI. I mean, design-wise, they look like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> It's the human lips, that's the... It's, well, it's the human lips. I don't like them having nostrils. I don't know why. I, I, don't, I don't know why that's the thing. And, like, I just... I, why are they so huge? Like, they all yeah. look like they're in their fucking 40s and they've just been living at a gym and just constantly, like, troughing on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just an insane level of musculature that I'm like, how do you even move around? And stealth cannot be... You, you can't be st- – it's physically impossible for mm. beings of your size to be stealthy. I don't believe it at all. But I think they're quite fun. I don't mm-hmm. mind. Don't want Johnny Knoxville in a Turtles movie ever again. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so I watched those two, and then I rounded it out with the new Rise of the TMNT movie, which yeah. is the one that just came out on Netflix. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen any Rise of the TMNT because I just don't know where it is. Yeah, it's not anywhere is the problem. Well, okay, so Series 1 in the UK is on Paramount Plus, which you can get through Prime if you've got Prime. Oh, I've I've got Paramount Plus, so yeah, I can check that out. But you can't get Series 2 on it because it's not there. And Series 2 is nowhere legally in the UK for you to put your eyes on. And that's very annoying because it's... The, the better of the two, <laughs> the two seasons. Both of them are good. I liked them a lot. I um, When the movie came out, I binge-watched both seasons because I'm so cool in, like, four days. Um, and, uh, yeah, Series 2 is, like, really fucking good. The movie, I would say, if you want to, you can watch the movie without watching the two seasons because they're very careful about not including any characters or anything that you wouldn't potentially already know. Okay. Uh, except for two throwaway villains at the start that are just there to like villain for a minute or so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you don't need to know anything about them to like get on with the film. Uh, like I'm not, I won't go too much into it because partly because I don't want to spoil it for you, and partly because I am trying to corral Duncan into resurrecting podcast in a half shell for an episode to talk about this um but what i will say is today was the third time i've watched the film and it only came out on the 5th of august oh wow fair enough um i love it i really love it it made me cry twice still made me cry today even though it's the third time i'd seen it like i am the epitome of a sensible grown-up lady (laughs) i think that's that's valid with the turtles that's if you don't have feelings about the turtles you're a wrong person quite frankly that's what i feel and uh, uh yeah i like yeah 
I just, I just love it. I would talk all day about it if I, uh, if I get started. So I won't. What I'll do, <laughs> what I'll do is I'll be a gracious host. She says thirteen minutes in after she's done most of the talking. It's your and birthday. Then, you're allowed. <laughs> it's TMNT Tuesday. You've got to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hand it over to you to sort of uh, let's see what you've got to bring to the table, pop, like pop culture wise, for what you've been watching and reading and things. So I thought I'd start with since since we've we've started on birthdays this year is the 40th birthday of what well, it was my 40th birthday earlier in the year and that was painful but it was also <laughs> the 40th birthday of the fighting fantasy series of game books Ooh Now I don't know how familiar you are with them Not at all <laughs> So Basically, in 1982, Steve Jackson and Ian Livingstone were going to do like a how-to book about write, about um, role-playing games, Dungeons and Dragons, etc. Mm-hmm. And they decided to do this by writing like a one-player adventure, effectively. And that became The Warlock of Firetop Mountain, the first of the series. And then it just took off. The 80s and early 90s, it was huge. That's when I got into it in the early 90s. And I think there was something like 50 eight books in the original run plus extra supplemental ones and then they relaunched it in the 2000s and there have, it's been slower for new books but because we're on the 40th anniversary both authors steve jackson and ian livingston have released their own individual new books Ooh. so i got hold of them secrets of salamonis by steve jackson and shadow of the giants by ian livingstone now the world they're set on is, is a world called Titan, and then there's a continent called Alancia, which is where most of these books are set. And I have to admit some ties here because there was a novel set in this world called The Trolltooth Wars. I wrote the official graphic novel adaptation of that novel. Ooh, get you? Yep, because I'm cool. Um, <laughs> we, we both are. This is an established fact. Yeah, exactly. That both of us can't are very, very cool. <laughs> now I'm going to see. Is anyone? Nope, can't hear any argument. Great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... Secrets of Salamonis by Steve Jackson ties in to that um, Trolltooth Wars and a lot of the stuff that happens in that. So I had to check that out. And I have to say, Steve Jackson is known for writing. They're, they're very much, you know, you, you make choices. You you get to an end of a paragraph. It says to do this, turn to this number, to do this, turn to this number. So you make those choices and then you have stats and you roll dice. So it is like a mini one player Dungeons and Dragons, effectively. I failed this book very early on. Steve Jackson is known for being the one who writes the more challenging books, but it was such a disappointing ending that I had to really laugh because you play in this book as this sort of young adventurer who's who's just just setting out and you, you start with very low stats and you don't know what the, what's waiting for you in the world and your backpack gets stolen right at the beginning and the first bit of the adventure is, is basically you trying to recover your backpack and all your items. Mm-hmm. And my character ended up in a loop of getting so frustrated that I just gave up and went and became a farmer. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. And I feel like it's a sense of humour that the series hasn't really been known for before, but they've sort of introduced in the last 10 years books by Charlie Hickson and Rihanna Pratchett, who both went a lot more whimsical and lighthearted with it, and, and uh, which I loved. A lot of the diehard fans didn't, but I loved it. And yeah, that really plays off in both these books. But Shadow of the Giants by Ian Livingstone, a bit more straightforward. I just got killed by a big monster in that one rather than going off to live as a farmer. But yeah, they're really fun books, I think. And I wasn't sure what to expect because neither of them have released a book for a while. Mm-hmm. But they're great fun. I think if you like role-playing games, the Fighting Fantasy series is is something you should seek out because it's a role-playing game you can play on your own. I wonder if that might be good for me then because I've always sort of wanted to get into role-playing games. But similarly, I get very embarrassed easily and don't like to make choices and improv in front of people. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm like, oh no, have I got to make a decision? Um, panic sweats. I would um, say it's definitely my what what was my stepping stone into Dungeons and Dragons and and other role playing games like that because obviously you make choices but they're set choices in the books you only get three or four options at the end of a paragraph and then you still get the dice rolling and keeping track of your stats and stuff but i went from that into the other games and i think it's a great gateway for anyone and some of the books are really good fun some of they have great illustrations by some fantastic fantasy artists um very evocative sort of black and white illustrations in them Mm. and yeah i I think if it's something you're if you're interested in getting into role-playing games, I think the Fighting Fantasy series is definitely a really good place to start. And I highly recommend these two new books. Oh, brilliant. I, uh, I'll i tell you how, like, the level of panic that I get with, with making choices is, uh, do you remember a couple of years ago they did that sort of standalone episode of Black Mirror, Bandersnatch? Yes. Where you could, uh, yeah, so it was like a choose-your-own-adventure type Netflix special. Yeah, yeah. And um, when my husband was in the room with me, that suddenly I felt the like the pressure of like, oh, God, I've got to pick things that I literally almost started crying on the first fucking question, which is literally <laughs> okay. like cornflakes or Royce Krispie. Like it's a it's like cereal versus cereal. And I was like, Rich, which one should I pick? And he was like, I don't know, whatever one you want. And I'm like, I don't know what I want. What if it kills me? <laughs> and just immediately had a meltdown. Um, well, here's the thing with these books, then, that I think you'll enjoy is, you know, say you're at one paragraph and it says, do you want to do this or do you want to do this? You just put your finger in the book where you are at the moment. <laughs> Check both of them to see which outcome you prefer and then go that way. Well, that feels like cheating. Yeah, uh, but it's it's endorsed by one of the authors, that method of cheating, so it's allowed. Oh, fair play. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I don't mind that so much. Yeah, because I do, I do really like the idea of, uh, of like, role-playing games and things, but I feel like I need to ease myself in and, like, go in towards a game where you don't necessarily have to, like, fully act. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense like one where i can just like roll dice and be like hey i'm gonna i don't know poke that bear i wouldn't poke a bear that seems like a mistake in any game that you're playing but yeah <laughs> um <laughs> but you know what i mean like where you don't have to be like oh crikey governor my character's a bloody cockney in it uh, and you know stuff. oh yeah no, these, and these you only need because um, of Dungeons and Dragons and that you get so many different kinds of dice that so that can be confusing as well. But these you just need two standard six sided dice ah, like you would get in Monopoly, like you would steal from your own Monopoly. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I have <laughs> <laughs> no fancy dice for you then. Oh. I mean, I do now. But back in the day, it was all let's go raid the game shelf. <laughs> oh, I like it. Yeah, I might give those, I might give one of those a whirl then because I think, uh, like I say, I mean it is it is a, the, the sort of thing I feel like I'd be into, but I just get so like in. Imba- this is why I'm bad. At, um, have you ever played One Night Ultimate Werewolf? <laughs> uh, I've 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 played like a small version of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for listeners who might not have heard of this game, it's essentially a game where everybody's given like a role that nobody knows and a handful of people, depending on the size of your group, are werewolves. And you get a, a certain amount of time to try and figure out who the werewolves are and kill them. I am bad at that game because I can't fib because I get embarrassed <laughs> and sweaty <laughs> when I'm making things up. <laughs> so people are like, are you the werewolf? And I'm like, me? A werewolf? <laughs> Of course not, she says, with like a giant anime sweat bead just <laughs> drizzling down the side of her head. A werewolf, ha ha, of course not. Uh, how about, look over there, runs away. <laughs> Very See, bad at it. I have a slightly different problem with that game in that I tend to get so animated about accusing people that even if I'm not a werewolf, I always become the first sub, uh, the first 
person accused of being a werewolf because I'm always like, it's that one. No, it's, it's you. It's you. It's not me. It's you. And, <laughs> it's definitely that guy over there. Yeah, and and then, I'm not. Uh, it's not me. It's definitely not me. And then they kill an innocent person and feel bad about it. But they're also quite happy I'm gone because I'm really annoying. <laughs> oh, that's not how game nights are supposed to go. <laughs> you haven't been to my game nights. Honestly, you wouldn't want me at your game nights. I've um I've got a reputation of having like miniature meltdowns because I forget rules so frequently that I just stop knowing what I'm doing halfway through a game. <laughs> I, I prefer that to the people who get super competitive. Yeah, oh yeah. That's I've been quite lucky in that all the people that we have ever had game nights with are very um forgiving of my brain farts mid-game because, because i think if i was if i was playing with anybody who was like legitimately competitive they would throw like everything on the ground and be like i cannot play with this nightmare of a woman i used to play um magic the gathering mm-hmm. and then i got to a point where all the friends i had who played it had sort of moved away and i was sort of trying to find new groups to play it with but playing it with new people was was never quite the same and then i found a, a, a friend's partner was a player. I was like, oh, great. I can play with him. I've played with him once and he was so annoyingly competitive that I hated every second of it. And I just haven't played since. Yeah, that's not that's not how you want a game night to go, really. No, I want fun. Yeah, I just want to be stupid for a couple of hours, really, is, is <laughs> I, <laughs> mostly I, the reason I want to play games. I It's not what I want, but it's what happens and I accept it and I enjoy it. Whenever I play a game, my wife and it will get everyone else at the table to join her and gang up on me. And so I lose and then they keep going until they've got a winner. And as long as I don't win, my wife considers that she has won. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. The last last time we had a game night, we were playing the the Die Hard board game. Oh, nice. And... um, Sort of the, the the conceit of that game is that basically like one of you plays as John McClane and then everybody else plays as like the bad guys. And so it's like a strategy thing where you get certain moves and you can only do certain things. And mm. yeah, when you're playing as John McClane, you have to like collect bits and bobs and avoid stepping on glass and like all stupid stuff like this. And uh, I was panicking about playing it because I was like, this is a strategy game and my brain isn't made for strategy and mm. I don't know what I'm doing. And everybody was like, don't worry, Stace, you'll probably end up on the team of the bad guys. So it'll be fine <laughs> because we'll all talk to each other. Guess who was John McClane? <laughs> Yes, it was. Of course, it was me because we had to do a roll of the dot. And everybody, to be fair, everybody was really kind, and they were like, "Do you want to roll again?" And I was like, "No, I guess I'll be John McClane." And I was a right grumpy arsehole about it. And then I was one move away from killing Hans Gruber. Oh! And then they shot me in the head, uh, which wasn't very nice. <laughs> but I did a lot better than I thought I was gonna. I think I genuinely would... thought it was going to be like round one because you have to go through like three different floors of the game to to finish. And I was like, it's, I'm not even getting out of like the first floor, lads. We know, we all know this because I'm a div. And then I was like halfway through the second floor, like I could I could fucking win this, lads. <laughs> I could I could kick all of your asses, couldn't I? And then <laughs> and then the hubris took over and I lost. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would watch that version of Die Hard, though, where you're playing John McClane. <laughs> I'm just running around going, ah, fuck you, lads, ah, and then, uh, and then getting shot in the head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think many people would watch that, if I'm honest. <laughs> I would, though. I am. Um, I'm in the very unique position this month of, uh, of needing to hand over to you a lot. And I don't usually like to put this much pressure on my guests. But I've put myself in a position this month where since the last episode, I've watched 
so many things that have been bang average or shit and I'm in the middle of an underwhelming book (laughs) just like like what am I what am I to talk about so like I do want to mention one film because even though I thought it was pants I think it was interesting that it was pants but aside from that like that's pretty much everywhere like everything I've got to talk about. So um, I really hope you've got a lot of things on the old list there, PJ. I've got a few. Um, Good. Good. Did, did, did you want to talk about She-Hulk? Yeah, let's talk about She-Hulk. <laughs> <sighs> oh, God. <clears throat> yeah, go on. <laughs> I think as, as we record, we're about halfway through the season, I think. Have you been I, I watching so, it? Yeah. yeah, I have, yeah. Um, yeah, go on. I'll let you... <laughs> I'll let you say what you want to say first. Well, I've 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 been really enjoying it for the most part. I do think mm. they're trying something slightly different tonally, which I'm enjoying. They're sort of marketing it as a sitcom, and I don't think there are enough jokes in there for it to actually be a sitcom. Yeah. But the the jokes they do have are landing for me. I am enjoying them, and I think Tatiana Maslany is is brilliant as. Jen Walters slash She-Hulk. I think she's she's just very funny in any way as a person, and mm-hmm. that carries through. The CGI is letting it down sometimes for me. Yeah, agreed. Um, but um, I am enjoying it, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. And I'm very excited that Daredevil's going to be in it. Oh yes, me too. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, but I don't know. I I I'm wondering if maybe there's just a little too much Marvel at the moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't, so, oh God, I don't know if this is going to get me murdered on the internet again for the second time this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, I don't think I like it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm forced to actually think about it, I don't think I like it. And I really wanted to, mm. um, partly because I like She-Hulk as a character. Yes. And partly because it's the kind of show that makes a lot of man babies on the internet angry. Yes. And so I quite, I quite like to get behind things like that. But I've just found it like almost, uh, almost aggressively boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like I knew it was going to be a sitcom, so I wasn't anticipating like big superhero, you know, scruffles every episode. And I wasn't expecting it to have that much of an impact on the Marvel Universe as a whole. So I wasn't really expecting there to be like a lot of exciting Chrissy crossover stuff Mm. um but as you said I don't think it's very funny and the point of a sitcom is 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 the comedy if you ask me yeah (laughs) um and so even though like I've enjoyed I love Tatiana Maslany I think she's wonderful and think she's perfect casting Mm. but I, I just don't know I don't know if it's for me. I think like a lot of the things that they have pitched as being funny have been things that haven't necessarily struck my sort of funny bone. And I know a lot of that stuff has been working for other people. Like um, I think it was the last episode that had Madison in it that the whole internet went wild about because they were like, she's the funniest thing that's ever happened since sliced bread and her and Wong need their own show. I couldn't stand her and I really wanted her gone. Like every every scene she was in, I was like, get out of my life. Um, but she couldn't get out of my life. So I think it's like, it's entirely down to like my personal preferences that like, if you're going to be a sitcom, you need to be funny. And I don't, yeah. And I think it set itself up for me for from a bad position as well, because the first episode, was it the first or the same? It might have been the second. No, it must have been the first. They, they set up like a completely pointless 
Hulk versus She-Hulk like physical fight, mm. which felt to me very much like, oh, we've got to put a little bit of action in here because it's Marvel. But it was like, why are they fight? like it doesn't make any sense? And I know a lot of people say, Stace, have you ever read a comic? Anytime like a superhero meets a superhero they've never met before, their first instinct is to punch them, even though <laughs> arguably they're both good guys. And like sometimes, even when they know each other, they'll be uh, Spider Man and uh, uh, what's his face from Fantastic Four, Human Torch. I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> Like, they'll still, like, beat the shit out of each other for a laugh. But I don't know, it just felt so weird and out of place. And I was like, couldn't we be getting on with some story rather than just going, oh, look, it's the Hulk and the She-Hulk having a fight. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I I just just don't think it's for me, which is fine, because not everything has to be for me. The problem that I have is that I still feel like I have to watch everything just in case it becomes important in the MCU later. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) So I'm like, I'm not enjoying it. But I'm carrying on watching it because I feel like if I don't, I'm going to miss something. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think there's there's an element as well for me of Marvel. I don't know. I, I think they almost should have taken a longer break after Avengers Endgame. Cause mm. I, <gasps> Hello. Was that a popper? Oh, that was a my next door's neighbor dog. They, uh, they record all of my podcasts. Uh, they, they was interrupting. They, they join in. They like to make their voices known. They love She-Hulk, I'm guessing. So They're very cross with me right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think after Endgame, I would say Spider-Man No Way Home aside, but that was something different. Yeah. They've really struggled to... It's, there's been some good stuff, but I just think Marvel... They're almost chasing that end game high again, and they're not quite there. And but they also can't go back to step square one and just go back to an Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Thor kind of days either. Mm. So I, I, I'm hoping things will sort of get better as we enter the next phase. But as I, I've liked a lot of stuff, but there's also just this feeling of, yeah, what are you doing though? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does make sense. I mean, I'll be honest, like thinking about. I forget my concept of time and when things have come out since COVID has become mush. Um, So I I can't quite remember the exact timeline of like Marvel stuff, but I feel like since Endgame, like I've enjoyed Spider-Man. I really enjoyed Doctor Strange too, even though I know there was a lot of people that were (laughs) not keen. (laughs) Shall we say? I really liked it. I loved it. I I thought it was a a really fun romp Um, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, very, exciting Sam Raimi so it felt different to me than the other Marvel stuff uh, which I quite liked about it but like I watched Thor Love and Thunder the other week that was one of the underwhelming films (laughs) that that I didn't really want to talk about because I feel mm, I feel like they feel like they have to keep a certain number of the like more legacy characters in there otherwise it's too hard to sort of Mm. keep people entertained by bringing in more and more almost sort of like you know, (laughs) B-list heroes. But similarly, I I didn't, I watched Thor, Love and Thunder, and immediately came out of it thinking, we didn't need another Thor movie, because every Thor movie so far has been Thor, doesn't know who he is, he's full of insecurities, and that's like the three Thor movies and Endgame, to be honest, where like Thor has to find himself and, and, you know, prove his worthiness again. And so this movie just felt like, well, let's do that. But this time we'll put Jane in there and not really do her a, a good service. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do feel like I don't know whether Marvel are like 
and again that this is me just like waffling at my own brain i've got like no insider knowledge and knowing my look i'll put this episode out and then they'll release a film that's like the best thing i've ever seen and i'll <laughs> eat every single one of my words but i don't know if they're like I don't feel like they've established what the next phase is yet. Yeah. So I feel like we're not, I feel like we're treading water and I don't feel like we're going anywhere. And I'm like, but I want to, I want to get somewhere now. <laughs> yeah. Same. Um, I my biggest issue with, with the last Thor film was I thought it Ragnarok, I think did a really good job of having the balance between the seriousness and, and the really silly Taika Waititi stuff. And yeah. it, it walked that tightrope really well. I felt like love and thunder didn't there were too many moments where something that should have been a serious moment was undercut by a piece of silliness yeah and it just didn't walk the line as well for me and i just came out of it going eh, eh, yeah yeah it was a weird one that film because i was sort of i was really hoping to like it mm. um like i mean obviously i never put on a film and hope i dislike it (laughs) (laughs) what a waste of time that would be but like i was really hoping to like it because i genuinely think that chris hemsworth can be very very funny and i think leaning into that in ragnarok was a really good idea in terms of making thor more interesting generally as a character yeah but yeah i agree i think there was a lot of i mean if i never hear those screaming goats again i'll be (laughs) so happy because it was like they found a joke and they were like let's slam it into the ground just repeatedly slamming it into the ground i was like um it's not even that funny to begin with the goat was a laugh once maybe yeah (laughs) which is a bit of a shame i've got like no sort of clue even though i know i've looked at the list what's next in the marvel thing of stuff that's happening Uh, because i think i might have run out of steam on it if i'm honest then i think the next film is one I am interested in, I think, because it's the, I think it's the Black Panther sequel, uh, Wakanda yeah. Forever. Okay. And I am interested in that because I really like Ryan Coogler as a director. Yeah. I'm very curious as to how they're going to deal with the loss of Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're introducing Namor and I've got a soft spot for those little wing, an- those little ankle wings he's got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't say I was excited about it though just curious i think would be my overriding emotion yeah. about that I, I wonder whether like and obviously this isn't anybody's fault but i wonder whether like being able to stream things at home has also sort of murdered a bit of a yeah anticipation for me because like spider-man no way home i was like no this is we have to go back to the cinema even though yeah. i haven't been for over a year because of COVID. i was like no we have to go back to the cinema for this i need to be at the cinema for this but for thor love and thunder i was like eh, i can wait till it comes mm-hmm. out on disney plus on uh, disney plus day that'll be fine <laughs> um, because i think i don't know um, oh, i don't know I, I feel like a lot of people like whinge about oh there's too much marvel and stuff and I'm, i feel like on the one hand i shouldn't be like that because like you know, back in the day, you'd be lucky if they farted out like, you know, a hair of the duck every 10 years. <laughs> 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 and then you'd be like, oh, no, why can't there be like really good comic book movies, please? And thanks. So yeah. I feel like I shouldn't be ungrateful. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I can't pretend I liked something that I didn't. And I <laughs> um, and I, d- I really didn't like Thor Love and Thunder. I, thought it was- I will go as far as to say that I think I had a more enjoyable time watching Morbius, which is genuine trash. <laughs> I haven't seen Morbius yet. I'm, it's bad. I'm waiting, waiting for it to be on streaming. I will check it out because I've got the thing of, well, I can't really insult something properly until I've seen it. But... <laughs> 
see, normally I would agree with you, but there are certain things I know I'm not going to look up. Somebody once said to me, you can't trust Twilight until you've seen. No, I can. That's true. That's I absolutely true. can. It's, <laughs> it's really bad. I can tell it's bad. I just need, I can side eye it and I know that it's bad. Um, but Morbius is one of those ones where like it is actual trash. But it's the kind of trash where if you have a beer and a couple of mates over, you'll probably have a fun time <laughs> <laughs> just like ripping it to shreds and, and being ridiculous uh, at it. So it's, yeah, I think I had more fun watching that than I did Love and Thunder, which is a bad. <laughs> that <laughs> a might bad be the story. worst review I've come across of Love and Thunder yet. Worse than mm. Morbius. <laughs> mm. Well, I think I think one of the problems I had with it was Jane, because like, you know, people <laughs> people keep saying about how like, oh, there's more, you know, women superheroes and stuff now than there ever has been. And I'm like, yeah, there's still not that many, though, when you actually like look directly at them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was sort of hoping that they, they wouldn't do Jane a dirty, but I feel like they did because <laughs> um, they didn't really give that story sort of any room to grow. Or, I don't know, like you say, I feel like they undercut it a lot with a, like, oh, no, here's a serious moment about cancer. Bah! A screaming goat. Ha-ha! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's... What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I think they probably had... I wonder if there was an element of Natalie Portman would only agree to do one film as well. Mm. So they did have to try and get it all in. But there were probably slightly better ways they could have done it. Yeah. I feel like Christian Bale's in a different movie as well. Like, he yeah. Might- he reminded me of, you know, in Batman versus Superman, uh, when everybody's in a, a, a very serious crime drama, except for Jesse Eisenberg, who's like, why? He's <laughs> um, <laughs> just being like an insane Lex Luthor, like running around being like, what if I was sort of like the Joker, but I didn't wear a mask and I just shaved me head at the end for a laugh. Wow, I'm in a pantomime. And you're like, oh, what am I even seeing? And I felt, I felt like Christian Bale was the same. And I couldn't tell if that was like him being good and everything else being shit or vice versa <laughs> like i was like is his performance just batshit like what is there were moments on? of genuine menace to him that i quite liked mm. but yeah it's, again just just a wildly mixed bag it was weird i feel like he was only on screen for about 10 minutes total as well yeah. which didn't really do a lot for his uh you know villainy um story but yeah yeah definitely yeah, yeah. The other film that I watched that I was going to talk about being sort of genuinely disappointing. I don't really like being that negative on the podcast, but I feel like I need to talk about this. And I don't <laughs> know if it's something that you've seen. So if not, I'll, I'll avoid spoiling it. But um, David Cronenberg did a new movie called Crimes of the Future. I've heard about it. I haven't seen it, but I don't really care that much. So spoiler away. Okay. Okay, well, so Crimes of the Future, I didn't know anything about it, except that it had got rave reviews at all the, you know... Um, festivals and whatever it's mm. been like wanged at and uh and i'd heard that like christian stewart was amazing in it so i was like okay like i'll put this in my eyes and i'll see you know what there is to see and i don't think i've ever been so completely underwhelmed in my <laughs> entire life because like when i think of cronenberg i just think of like nightmare monsters of you know many limbs and like wonky faces <laughs> just yeah. disgusting body horror like nightmare times yeah and and this has a bit of that. So the the premise of it sort of is that it's set in a future. I, I think it's an indeterminate future. I don't remember it telling mm-hmm. you when it was. Uh, a future where humans have developed some sort of virus, or caught some sort of virus that stops them from feeling pain. And oh, so okay. people just go around sort of, uh, yeah, that's right. 
<laughs> um, they just sort of go around like inflicting wounds on one another but not really caring yeah. um and then some people can just like grow extra body parts inside of them and and it sort of follows uh, a couple who are like a perform a pair of performance artists and he is one of the people who grows random extra body parts and so what she does is like live pop-up sort of performances where they operate on him and take the extra bits Ooh. out and like he's awake while it's happening because they don't feel pain anymore and like th- the premise of it and there's like a sort of resistance that are sort of against it and they're trying to develop like a i don't know some sort of serum thing that will improve the evolution of humans i sort of checked out a bit halfway through because i got bored <laughs> but like what what i found absolutely wild was when you think of like everything i just said and then the, the, the name david cronenberg you think this movie is gonna look insane mm. <laughs> and like there are a couple of like weird bits like there's like a chair that like helps this guy eat because he can't eat properly because of all the extra body parts he keeps growing i think um (laughs) that looks kind of like a load of like weird glompy tentacles that like wample around and it looks pretty cool but like there were two things that really struck me first of all the whole world looked really empty and i don't know whether it was largely made during covid perhaps and so Mm. there was like very few people but it was such a bland like background bland setting like it was just so visually uninteresting and then they sort of started equating the body horror stuff to like sexy stuff and like anybody who's listened to an episode of the parlor before will know that i am not a lass who enjoys a sex scene in a movie (laughs) (laughs) like i am like we don't need it you can allude to it. it doesn't need to happen anyway somebody tongued a hole in somebody's belly and he did a, a come over it because he thought it was great and i was like i'm out <laughs> <laughs> i am out of this movie and i thought i was going to be out because of the actual body horror itself but it was yeah. more because people were trying to be sexy with wounds and i didn't like it oh <laughs> it was really weird and so i went and read a load of reviews because i thought maybe i'm just a dummy and it's like saying something really important about society as a whole or whatever it's not people are just jizzing all over it because they're like "Ooh, how provocative and i'm like it is not provocative it has one really gross scene like that where i'm like "Mm, no thanks and then the rest of it is actually really fucking boring (laughs) like i don't know how you make a movie about what this is about with david cronenberg and you come away from it thinking cool that was boring (laughs) i get that i think there's 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 things sometimes where these cult directors have built up a following and you know i i love some of the old school cronenberg stuff the fly scanners videodrome great films but that doesn't mean he's infallible and he can just make a a film that's not very good Mm -hmm. that isn't saying anything either you don't have to say it's amazing just because it's got some gross bits in it (laughs) yeah well like I think if, if I'd have been more invested in any of the characters as well, maybe I would have had a better time with it. But I think I was just so like, I don't know who this is for. I don't mm. know what it's about. <laughs> I just feel like I'm just looking at people going, oh, look at this wound. <laughs> and then that's sort of it. And I'm like, I don't, uh, I don't want to. <laughs> um, it's quite funny how squeamish I get over stuff like that when, like, I will happily watch, like, The Thing and, like, a fucking nightmare, you know, bunch of legs grow out of somebody's severed head and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, cool. <laughs> but you show me, like, a teeny little, teeny little, like, stabby wound. And I'm like, oh, 
keep it in, Stace. Keep it in. <laughs> I think there's there's an element of story context to it as well, though, isn't there? If it's mm. something that's happening, but in a story that you're invested in, you're probably more likely to stay with it. I, I watched for the first time the um, I say new. I think it was last year or 2020. It came out the but the new Candyman. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I really liked. I thought it was brilliant, but it had a couple of moments in it where I went, oh, no, no. But because I was invested in the story and the characters, I was like, but I got to keep watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, yeah, that, that it definitely for me, like once they had that sequence where she was like basically giving him like a belly blow job, which is the weirdest thing I think I've ever fucking said. Um, and I was here for it. <laughs> <laughs> don't you feel special? Yes. Um, <laughs> happy birthday to me um like yeah as soon as that happened and i was like oh okay we're just being we're just being gross for the sake of being gross we're not actually telling like a like an interested or important or you know anything story really we're just going oh look at this and you're like oh (laughs) no thanks i don't i don't want to look directly at it cheers yeah it's when it's gratuitous that's when i'm just not it's not necessary yeah and i did say to my hubby as well because like i always wonder when things get a bit unnecessarily sexy if my sort of sex averse asexual uh ness is kind of shining through there a bit um <laughs> and whether i'm just like naturally on edge because i'm like sexy stuff but like even my hubby who very much like likes you know body horror and that sort of thing he finished watching it and he looked at me and he went that was dull wasn't it oh yeah it was (laughs) i'm glad you said that because i thought so too but i was worried you were going to get cross at me if i said it was shit (laughs) we both were like i feel like i can't give it one star on letterboxd because like you know arguably even if it's like dull there's still some like cool looking shit Mm. in it but we couldn't give it more than two because it definitely was less than an average movie (laughs) I don't think um, I'll bother with that one. That's have a thing where if I'm doing you know, recording a podcast like or something like this, my wife will go and watch a, a horror movie uh, on on Shudder or something because yeah. she loves horror and she will watch trash. Um, <laughs> so that could be one of the ones she watches when I'm doing something else. I mean, I don't think I could even recommend it for that though because I don't know that it's that interesting. <laughs> like, she'll like, probably want to check it out still but yeah. then she'll most likely say the same thing yeah because like, me and my hubby watch quite a lot of horror um mm. because it's the easiest thing to get hold of i've found it seems to be the genre where yeah like so many people just go i'll try my hand at that <laughs> so you end up yeah. just like running the gamut of like absolute trash to like high art top notch stuff and there's <laughs> so much of it but yeah i mean we've watched some like really terrible genuinely bad like horror films but this was one of those ones where it's like i can't even be like oh well it was shit but at least i had a laugh because i didn't (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i just watched it and i went oh (laughs) um (laughs) all right i think being boring is one of the biggest crimes that like certain types of film can have like horror films if they're boring then that's almost offensive um it's it's what i feel about the most of michael bay's transformers films he made films about big robots fighting dull and that's just a crime yeah i um i know we've already had the conversation about how i quite liked the bay turtles movies Mm. but i think it's because at least they're kind of fun like mostly there's stuff happening like all pretty much all the time yeah whereas i felt felt like with the transformers films i mean i've only seen the first two because at the time my hubby and i had cineworld cards so even though we hated the first one we were like well it's technically free (laughs) um so we went to see the second one and we were like, yeah, no, let's not do this to ourselves anymore. Because- I, 
I watched all of them. I should have stopped. I, <laughs> I quite enjoyed the first one. I don't think it's a clever film or anything, but it, it, it was all right. I didn't I had fun with it. But then from two onwards, they started trying to take themselves seriously. They all were almost like three hours long each. And it was just dull. Oh, no. And it's like, wh- why? Why do I keep watching these? Well, I, I got annoyed with the first one because I felt like there was a fairly good idea there, but it was being overshadowed by focusing too much on Shia LaBeouf and like all the yeah. you know human nonsense. And I was like, what I wanted really was, you know, for some reason, we'll set up some sort of MacGuffin as to why they're on Earth. And now, you know, Autobots and Decepticons are having a scrap on Earth. And we've got to do something about it, everyone. <laughs> like, I was like, that's a good enough story for me. I don't need, like, mystical glasses on eBay and yeah. Shia LaBeouf and, like, Megan Fox posing near a car. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't want any of those things, really. You know, the human element being, like, the army, I guess, would have yeah. probably been for me, really. Um, have you seen Bumblebee? Yes, I loved that. Yeah, Bumblebee was great. I loved that. The opening fucking 10 minutes of that, I was almost in tears. I was like, yeah. this is a Transformers movie. I love it. Yeah. Keep Michael Bay away from them and they can make some good movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's Transformers is a weird one for me because I feel like there's such a, like... There's, there's such good stories there and there's mm. so much like there's so much stuff you could pull from like comics and you know the old show and everything i just don't know why this was the angle they chose no <laughs> for, <laughs> for any of it really <laughs> yeah and i mean i think it was the second one where i think there was like two little tiny robots and one of them weed on somebody and i was like oh no i think yeah. i don't <laughs> Like I'm not. I don't even see how kids could watch that and be like, "Oh, that's funny." That is like, why are we? Why are we assuming all of the kids in the world are fucking idiots? I, I went to a midnight showing of the second film. Oh no! Fucking mistake, making myself stay up that late for it. I've only ever done one midnight showing, and it was Endgame, and it was purely because I was like, if any fucker spoils this for me on the internet, I'm turning into a homicidal maniac. I don't care so yeah we went to the midnight screening of that and to be fair like it was so good there wasn't even a, a like a hint of me falling asleep mm. <laughs> like I was at the end and I was so buzzing I was like I can't I can't sleep now because it's so good <laughs> <laughs> which is what you want really yeah and, definitely uh, my hubby had a go at me the once because I say that's the only midnight screening I've done I suppose technically we did a we we did an Arnie all nighter at the um nope I've forgotten the name of the cinema oh well some cinema in London that does things like this fairly regularly oh um, yeah I, I know the one but I can't remember what it's called either <laughs> um yeah we did an Arnie all nighter and Rich got cross with me because I fell asleep during Total Recall which is his favourite Arnie movie <laughs> but that was the one that was on at like like three in the morning I yeah. think and I was like I can't I've seen it so many times. <sighs> <laughs> and just like nodded off. But, but that was so good. Everybody when we when we came out the following morning, because it finished at like ten AM on the, the next day, and uh, everybody was like sort of stumbling out into the light, going like ah, ah, ah and stuff like because we'd all just got Arnie Tourette's um, and <laughs> just shouting like get to the chopper at each other in the street. 
Because I've never lost... been to one of those. I've got friends who've done it, and I'm like, oh, that just sounds fun. You're there with people who are just there to enjoy those films with you. That sounds sounds great. Yeah, the uh, I think it depends on what the context of them is because we did do a, a Wayne's World one once as well. Like mm. it wasn't obviously it wasn't an all writer because that would just be showing the same movie like yeah. six times in a row. <laughs> but, but it was like a quote along one, and I did not like that because oh, okay. I don't want people to be talking that much through a movie, and I especially don't want it to be people quoting the movie like a split second before the words happen in the actual film <laughs> yeah, that's, that's weird that's weird oh, if it's not rocky God. horror you can't do that it's yeah just... it drove me insane if it was like if it was like a like a full-on musical and it was a sing-along i don't yeah. think i'd mind that much but because it was literally just people like quoting bits of and some people were getting it wrong too and i was just that like oh me so much i hate this <laughs> i want to go home and just watch wayne's world <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rich was laughing at me when we left that one because he was like, why did you go to a quote along? I was like, oh, I didn't think it would be this annoying, but it is. <laughs> yeah, don't recommend doing a, a quote along. <laughs> no. Like, before I hand over to you again, there was one other thing I, I wanted to talk about, hmm. which was uh, the rehearsal. Is this something that you're, you've been watching or...? No, it's not. I'm not even sure what it is, to be honest. Okay, well, I shall explain. (laughs) Sort of. I don't really know. I've seen it all. I don't really know. Um, So the rehearsal is, uh, did you ever watch Nathan for you? No. Okay, so Nathan Fielder is a guy who used to have a show called Nathan for you. He's a very sort of like... He's a comedian, but he's like very dry humour and it's very, he's, I can't even explain him. He's such a weirdo. (laughs) I love him, but he's so bizarre. But the, the concept of Nathan for you was that he would go to like struggling businesses and pitch them like ideas on how to bring more business in. But those ideas would be absolutely batshit insane, but people would just do them anyway because they assumed he was a genuine expert (laughs) and he's not um so it would be things like he'd go to an ice cream parlor that was like struggling for business and he'd get them to make a shit flavored ice cream because people (laughs) would be like i've got to go to the place that does a shit flavored ice cream and uh and just convince people to do things like this and some of them would get like progressively more insane like there was one (laughs) where it was like a struggling electronics store And he was encouraging them to go and buy TVs on sale at other stores and then sell them in their own stores. But to get around the fact that you weren't technically really allowed to do that in America for whatever legal reason, Mm. but you could offer it as a sort of prize. What he would do is he would put that TV in a room with an alligator. And if you could get the TV without being eaten by an alligator, then you could have it. Like It was just... (laughs) <laughs> like it was just absolutely fucking mental and uh but like every now and again as well it would get really heartfelt and like that finished a while ago and then they mm. announced this show called the rehearsal and <laughs> like i just i can't explain to people how enthralling and hilarious and completely uncomfortable this show was the premise of this is that Nathan would help people to rehearse for big life situations Mm. by recreating them down to, like, the smallest detail and just rehearsing them and rehearsing them and rehearsing them over and over again and, like, you know, predicting different ways people could behave and um, predicting different ways, you know, that people could respond to stuff. And so the first episode sets up the main rehearsal, which is supposed to go across the whole series, which is a woman who is trying to figure out whether or not she wants to have kids. Mm. So, <laughs> so he sets her up in a house where she can practice being a parent by looking after these babies, these actor babies, um, 
<laughs> but he'll but he'll speed it up so it's like 18 years over something like six months so like every couple of days they swap the kids out for some slightly older kids <laughs> <laughs> um so there's that's going on and then in the first episode he's trying to help a bloke who has basically he's like obsessed with quizzing and his quiz group think his quiz team think that he has like a phd or whatever and he doesn't and he wants to rehearse telling them that he's been basically like living a lie about his own educational <laughs> level and stuff and like nathan goes as far as to build like a sound stage like on a sound stage a complete replica of the bar where this guy wants to take his quiz team to tell them about it and he like pays off a pub quiz bloke to give him the questions in advance for the quiz on the night that he's Hmm. proposing to do this and like and so it all just seems a bit like silly and insane but as as each episode goes on the situation with the mom in the house just gets bananas and i can't i can't even describe like nathan gets involved in a way that is just insane and by the end of it i was like i don't know what's real i don't know because i couldn't tell was she an actor and this was actually a rehearsal for him because he wants kids or was it like was this like a weird byproduct of him suddenly realizing watching her parent that this is something he like i don't know but basically there's like just six episodes of just progressive madness and i still don't think i know what happened even though i've seen the end (laughs) and i am utterly enthralled by it (laughs) like i can't describe how like i don't think there's been a show that i've watched for ever where i've been so thoroughly invested like not picking up my phone at all and like immediately afterwards going to like look at reviews to be like what did this mean (laughs) (laughs) what am i looking at god it is phenomenal tv I, i cannot recommend it enough but it's so weird also i feel like there's very few people that will want to watch it I mean, I kind of want to watch it after your description. It sounds insane. What, what's it's, it on? It is absolutely bananas. I will find that out for you because I did not write that down. Um, <laughs> and I feel like it's on one of the things you have to pay for to stream stuff. <laughs> but I can't remember which one. So I have to. I've got I have plenty to have a of look. them. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a palaver, eh? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, I would highly recommend checking out some Nathan for you as well because it is very, very funny. There's some like really genuinely bananas episodes of that as well but like yeah i think the thing about the rehearsal was it sort of got to the end and i just genuinely couldn't figure out because he's like hiring actors to play himself so he could redo things in the rehearsal to see if he could do them better and it was just like what is (laughs) (laughs) like just utter chaos but like completely enthralling chaos yeah so i'd highly recommend people watch it if you just want to have your tiny mind blown unless you're a lot smarter than me in which case you might watch it and be like no i know exactly what's happening you're a div Um, i'm up for having my tiny mind blown (laughs) (laughs) yay yeah i will find out which uh which streaming service it's on because it's definitely worth plonking in your eyes if you can awesome Um, yeah get out of well was there anything else you wanted to waffle about before we moved on to our musical choices one brief thing, and it's something I haven't seen yet because it's not out yet, but I do want to mention it, yeah. which is um, Star Wars Andor. Oh, yeah. Isn't it out tomorrow? Today? Yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited by it. And that has surprised me because when they announced it, I was like, well, I liked Rogue One, but does this character need a spinoff? But it turns out it's more going to be like the beginnings of the rebellion. And I, I like that Star Wars is finally moving away from the Skywalker stuff. Tell me about it. <laughs> You know, I, I love the I love the Skywalker stuff or some of it. Um, 
Mm. Rise of Skywalker was awful. But Yeah, it can get in the bin. Yeah. Directly um, in the bin. <laughs> and I you know, the first two seasons of The Mandalorian I loved. Boba Fett, yeah. And Obi Wan was all was all right, but I don't know. I, it was better than I was expecting, I think, if I'm being honest, Obi-Wan. But this I'm genuinely excited about because it looks like they're finally doing something different. And I think people forget that Cassian Andor's first appearance in Rogue One, he just murders a guy. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited by it. Rogue One is actually my favourite Star Wars movie. Um, it's up there for me, definitely. I think I was gonna, <laughs> I was worried then that you were going to just be like, well, that's the end of this phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, when I say that to people normally, I'll be like that, and then uh, Last Jedi comes second. All right, bye. <laughs> Just oh, no. diving I, I love them both. I've got friends who hate Last Jedi, but I absolutely love it. Yeah. I think Empire is always going to be my favourite. Yeah. It's just, just how it is. But mm. Rogue One and Last Jedi are definitely up there for me. Yeah. Well, I think I'm the same as you. I I enjoyed the Last Jedi because it was it felt like it was saying that we don't need familial ties to Skywalkers to be special yeah. or to be important or to have an impact. And it was like actually a genuinely positive message of like you don't have to be someone to do something and and make a change and you know. At, like help the world out on a very large scale which i thought was a really positive lovely message and then the next movie was like actually only skywalkers have been important yeah yeah <laughs> it might like, as well have been jj abrams saying here's why i should have made the last film <laughs> oh god as soon as that started that film and i won't go too much into it because i did rant about this on an episode not long after it <laughs> came out but as soon as it started rich looked at me and he went they brought palpatine back in Fortnite, and i hate it and i was like yeah are you actually shitting me? Because I was looking at the opening crawl, like, did I miss Palpatine? When did he? What? <laughs> like, what? Ah! Um, but anyway, yes, that movie is trash. And it was one of the reasons that I was kind of upset by the end of season two of Mandalorian as well, because I was like, can't we have anything for ourselves that's not going to be like, oh, look, here's Luke. <laughs> oh, God. Um so I am quite excited by this because I feel like hopefully she says with all the optimism in the world that it will be more sort of like you say rebellion based and like obviously yes that will eventually lead to you know the message from Leia and all the yeah all that stuff which is fine but like yeah I'm hoping this will focus on like other people because we're in space we're on like so many different planets and yet somehow we always end up with a skywalker and I'm like yeah how is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? So, yeah, I'm very excited for this. And I'm, like, I'm what I would call a casual Star Wars fan in the sense that, like, I mean, I forget most of, <laughs> most of who the people are and, like, what's actually happening for the most part, which I think is why I quite liked Rogue One because it felt a bit standalone to me because yeah, it's yeah, sort yeah. of the start, really, isn't it? <laughs> 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 so, I mean, yeah, I am very excited for this, but I did really I did really like Mandalorian as well. Um, so I'm hoping it's, like, in that sort of vein. Although, I suppose the thing I really liked about Mandalorian is that each episode felt like a different thing. Like, yes. one day it's a Western and like one day it's a heist and then the next day it's like an action movie and I was like oh this is rad this is uh, except yeah. for the episode with the spiders that can fucking do one <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ yeah why is yeah, there always that. a spider episode why everything's, everything's got to do a spider episode eventually and I hate it whenever yeah. it does my hubby had to text me to warn me about that one because it was when he was still going through dialysis at the time and oh, so Jesus. he was 
he was watching it at dialysis and he messaged me and he was like hey if um if you're gonna watch mandalorian on your lunch break how about don't (laughs) (laughs) i was was like why so he had to explain to me at the exact moment i needed to start looking away from the screen but i could still hear the skittering and Mm -hmm. didn't like it (laughs) (laughs) oh it made me itch so much (laughs) but yeah it's a adorable um yeah baby yoda eating eggs episodes that's how i remember that one <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> and that's why i'm looking forward to season three as well because it's just going to be the mandalorian and baby yoda together again yes having adventures yeah that'll do that'll do nicely mm-hmm. i love baby yoda so much <laughs> what's his first words gonna be who knows but i'm excited to find out <laughs> I, mean, that's I, wrong. I don't want baby yoda to become like no longer baby though <laughs> How long does that take? I don't know, but I don't oh, want it. Like, I think it, we've got a while yet. Yoda was like 900 or something, wasn't he? So. Oh, fair play. Fair yeah. play. Oh, that's he's so adorable. <laughs> and I, I will never call him Grogu. <laughs> I don't that's care how many times they tell me that that's his name. That's it's fair. not. <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, unless you've got anything else to waffle about. Shall we do our little musical recommendations? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Because I was going to talk about The Last Ronin, but I don't think I can do it without spoiling it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just say that it was good and then move on with my life. <laughs> I will I will look forward to reaching out. I, I buy the comics in the um, the IDW hardcover collections. and mm. The last one I got is volume 14, which was like 2020 comics. Wasn't uh, well, I, I was reading IDW as, as floppies, and I think I got up to about 100 of TMNT. But then my capacity to uh, house floppies mm. <laughs> failed. And then my want to be asked to pay for digital ones also failed me. And I sort of stopped reading them. So now, <laughs> now I've put all the hard covers on my wish list because I'm like, yeah, I need them in my life, but they're expensive. But the good thing about The Last Ronin is it's not set. It's set way in the future. Okay. So it's sort of standalone. There was, well, I've read up to issue 100. And there was nothing in The Last Ronin that threw me in terms of things I felt like I should have known that had like a big impact on the story anyway. OK, oh, so maybe I can check it out. Funnily enough, the book, the last book I got reprints issues 101 to 112. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I can't remember like around the point that I got to, but I don't want to say just in case I spoil something for you anyway. On the off chance I was slightly ahead. But yeah, I do, I do want to get them at some point because I personally, like, I've talked about this like yonks before, you know, who everybody goes like, oh, are you a Marvel or are you a DC gal? Mm. And I'm like, if I'm honest, I'm an IDW TMNT and a BPRD-verse gal. <laughs> <laughs> Those are like my comics bread and butter. Thanks. Yeah, you know, Marvel and that, I can take, take or leave. Sorry. Yeah, um, I generally go IDW these days. And if they, you know, sometimes the, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Batman crossovers fine that's dc but i love those but that's more idw for me yeah i did it did you ever read the um there was a t- uh turtles crossover with ghostbusters from idw yes yeah oh that was wonderful that was those, those are great yeah so good oh hmm. uh, i loved um was it dan kernig who did the art for that i, I think, think maybe so loved that so much <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i wasn't talking about the last road and it's fine <laughs> uh, <laughs> PJ, what song would you like to recommend to everybody to have a little listen to once they've finished this delightful episode? So the song I would like everyone to check out is The Night Begins to Shine by B.E.R. 
which I first discovered when it was used in an episode of Teen Titans Go. Yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> and I loved it straight away. And then when Teen Titans Go did like a four or five part parter about bringing the song back and then they had covers in it by like puffy amiyumi and and CeeLo green and ah uh, it's you can get like an lp that's um like a, a five track album that is like all the song all the songs from that five five episode but yeah night begins to shine is a brilliant 80s throwback that my wife and i stuck on our wedding playlist and we were the only ones on the dance floor when it came on but fuck it we had a great time well i would have danced to that if i was there because <laughs> it is a very rad song yes, yes. indeed i am um, i love when there's like music in shows that's technically not really real music but turns out to be like genuinely good yeah there's um there's a there was a track in in season two of rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtles there's an episode called the clothes don't make the turtle which is one of the best episodes of anything ever where they get trapped in an 80s movie makeover montage by like a magician (laughs) hypnotist character and there's a song that plays in the background of that that is absolutely brilliant and i really wish they would make a full song of it because i want it because i would legit dance around the kitchen to it's so good and that, that all of those montages are wonderful as well like so funny um (laughs) but yeah i I love teen titans go was one of those shows that like everybody was saying to us like oh it's shit oh it's you know because it's replaced the other teen titans which was legit good and this is just stupid i love teen titans go (laughs) yeah me too it's so much fun i love that it's stupid because it's it's really funny it's genuine there was an episode that me and my hubby were cry laughing at where for no explicable reason robin just tries to convince the other titans to get on the property ladder (laughs) 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 like like there's no reason for it except that he's just trying to teach them about like you know fiscal responsibility and just getting them onto the property ladder because it will be a good investment for them as a team (laughs) 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 it's so fucking stupid One of the funniest things I've ever seen, I think, is an episode where they travel to the future and Cyborg and Beast Boy try and prank call their future selves. And it goes so fucking dark, but so funny. I was crying with laughter and just going, I, I can't believe they've done this. What are they? It is amazing. Oh, God. I absolutely love that show. And I really enjoyed the movie as well. Yeah, same. Very much fun. Yeah, anybody who gets uh, Squiffy with Teen Titans Go can answer to me because it's very good. Yeah, um, go listen to The Night Begins to Shine and then watch some Teen Titans Go and your life will just be a little bit better. I think it will, yeah, I, I concur. The song that I chose is a very old song that people will probably have already heard several times in their life, but um, I watched like season five of Cobra Kai <laughs> came out recently. <laughs> Do you know what? I had a feeling this is where you were going to go with this. <laughs> That's I, fine. Like, <laughs> the... Um, I don't know why, out of all the songs that are in Karate Kid, Cruel Summer by Bananarama is the one that I like associate with it most. So every yeah, time same. I see Daniel LaRusso's face, I'm like, it's a cruel, cruel, <laughs> cruel summer. And Richie's like, well, stop singing it, because I, I have been singing it for a, a good two weeks now, pretty much permanently. Um, <laughs> but it is a cracking tune. So we've, got, we've gone very 80s uh, yeah. with our choices, but... Um, it's, it's such a good song, such a bop. I, it's, I think it's my favourite Banana Rama song, and I like the '89 remix they did of it as well. I think that's pretty good too. Oh, I don't think I've heard that. I'll have to go and have a listen. Yeah. Because I literally have just uh, 
I don't know if it's because, and I'll be honest, even though I watched Cobra Kai, I didn't really like Karate Kid. I don't know whether it was because it is actually a bad movie or because my sister was marginally obsessed with all of the Karate Kids when we were younger and I had to see them too many times. But like literally that song was like wedged in my brain for like a, a chunk of my childhood. <laughs> just, be, just because we kept seeing that goddamn Halloween party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to murder someone. But now the song has uh, has redeemed itself for me, and I genuinely enjoy it. So, um, so yeah, go have a little listen to Banana Rama, everyone. It'll be on the uh, parlor recommendations Spotify playlist by mm. the time this episode comes out, so you can have a little listen <laughs> and have a little bop around your kitchen. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, we've got like five minutes left before it's Great British Bake Off time, and we can show oh, get out of here. In our face. Um, <laughs> Would you like to promote any upcoming like comics, audio dramas, podcasts? Uh, I, I don't have any comics coming out soon, but I will promote. Um, so we've already mentioned Measure of a Fan. That's coming out every Wednesday at the moment on your podcast app of choice. Uh, I also do the JLA cast with uh, with my friend John Locke, who is another comic book writer, in which we've been revisiting the Grant Morrison Howard Porter run on JLA from the 90s an issue at a time, because for both of us, it's a formative comic. Uh, and that is every other monday that show comes out we're actually just about to finish that run and we're not sure what we're going to do next um, uh, and then finally safe space which is a youtube tabletop rpg show that i am one of the players on it is all wardened by vince hunt and oh. um, yeah it's we're it's a sci-fi horror rpg show and i am the ship's doctor we're on a mid-season hiatus at the moment so you can catch up with the first few episodes on youtube look for safe space it's a lot of fun um yeah those are the those are the things i would like to push excellent oh thank you so much for joining me in the parlor it's been a genuine delight oh well thank you for having me i've absolutely loved visiting and uh, you'll definitely be welcome back again in the future oh thank and you <laughs> not as a reactionary <laughs> um we failed miserably at getting me on your podcast uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get you on properly and if it goes wrong next time i'm gonna have a cry <laughs> i'll just record my bit separately where it's just like a load of my like reaction clips like yeah what the fuck was that and stuff <laughs> yeah yeah that, that won't be a pain for me to edit at all that's <laughs> not, not even a little bit it'll be so easy seamless <laughs> Well, on that note, listeners, have an absolutely ruddy, lovely rest of September slash start of October. Uh, I'll see you next month where hopefully I'll be talking about some spooky movies because it'll be like Halloween week. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash stacysparlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash stacysparlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah! <laughs>